Hello, this is Skating Outside the Box, a show about the lack of diversity in ice hockey. I'm your host, Abro Carrillo, and in this podcast, we talk about the nature of minorities in ice hockey and what we could do to diversify the sport or their experiences as a minority in ice hockey. Do you ever wonder what it would feel like to be a black man in ice hockey? Today we will be talking to Sam Lawrence who has experienced being a black man in ice hockey his whole life. Um, we talk about his career in hockey while playing and his career in ice hockey with the Chicago Blackhawks. To start off, why sports? I think for me, sports... My parents put me in sports when I was four years old. That's when I started skating. And I also started playing baseball. And so my father, I never played T-ball. I just went straight into, like, you know, kid pitch, parent pitch, baseball. And then for hockey, I started skating when I was four, you know, using the skate helper and whatnot. And I think for me, it started off because my father was a very, like, financially minded person he was trying to think in chicago what can i put my kids into where they're going to pay their own way through college so for him you know everybody in chicago wants to play basketball and football and so for us it was baseball and hockey I, and i say us because i have a twin brother that i grew up playing sports with that's where it really started four years old hockey and baseball for me so, did you, like, continue playing, like, hockey and baseball, or at what age did you stop, or do you still play? Yeah, I think, like, competitively, I played hockey and baseball all the way through high school. Uh, when I was 18, my senior year was the last time I really played, like, organized hockey. I had the opportunity to go play juniors or go to college and play Division three baseball, and I went with my twin brother and played baseball. So that's where I stopped really playing like organized hockey, but I still played like big gum and trail hockey in college. Oh, okay. I wanted to ask if you ever faced any like discrimination since it is like a white based sport mm -hmm. in hockey. I, I want to say that like, you know, it's gotten better, but I would be lying if I said I really believe that. And you're good at a sport and i think like for us playing since we were four years old you know we were fortunate enough to go to like the turcotte skills clinic my coach at the time his name is kevin delaney he's one of the coaches for the blackhawks now i think having those opportunities and those coaches along the way we were pretty good at what we did and i think that on top of that being african-american being black is what kind of made us like have a target on our back so like, i did face a lot of discrimination and for me like my last name's lawrence and so i would always hear like oh are you martin lawrence's son like your last name's lawrence and there's another kid on my team his name is jared vick and his older brother jacob vick they would say oh are you michael vick's son and that was like kind of just like the baseline of where it started but even so you know the puck would go in the corner we'd be fighting for the puck and like I'd hear someone call me the N-word, which is like, you know, um, it's offsetting, but for me, it was kind of like expected because like, it sounds very messed up to say that, but like I dealt with racism my entire life. Like I went to a private school, it was pretty much 90% white. Unfortunately, you heard that racism just in like the school and especially like in the sport when 
you know, you're doing well, you're succeeding, and you know, people people don't like to see that. And it's like been a thing. It's like systematic. Like you know, being black in America, like you're already at a disadvantage. Like not our generation, but the generation before us, they were kind of taught like put your head down at work, essentially. And so like you know, our generation started to kind of break those barriers and people didn't like that. And so obviously like I was born in 1994, like you would think like I would have it made for me. Like people already went through this, but it was definitely still there. I mean, it's hard for people that are born even today, like in a changing world with everything going on (laughs) right now. Um, (laughs) When do you distinguish that it's just like, trash talk versus discrimination mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think there's like it's not it's not really even like a fine line like you know anybody that grew up playing sports you know trash talk like oh you can't shoot you can't skate you're a bender etc like the normal of like trash talk is what anyone that plays the sport would consider trash talk. But once it, you start putting, like, race into it, I think that's when it, discrimination starts to come into play. And, like, furthermore, for me, you know, I played AAA hockey in Chicago. I played for CYA. I played for Team Illinois. And it would even come as far as, like, the coaches where they wouldn't play you. They wouldn't pick you for certain teams. And, like, nobody had to say it's because you were black. But... You know, you can you can see the skill level when you're on the ice, even at the NHL level. Like you know who the superstars are, etc. You know their skills. And when come, I would go to tryouts, etc. And like they wouldn't pick us for the team. Why? Because we didn't have the skill, not necessarily. But I think, you know, it's systematic. So it's like these kids when they're born, like people aren't born racist. But, like, they learned it from somewhere. And so now, like, you have these coaches. I think I only had one, maybe one fully African-American coach in my entire hockey career for 14 years. And so, I mean, it's, it's messed up. But I think, like, it's very easy to tell between, like, the trash talk and, like, just pure discrimination. Yeah, did you ever get, like anything from like the parents or the people on the stands because i know like in professional hockey sometimes like Mm. you know when they're disgruntled they do say the n-word out Mm. loud to the players yeah um i mean honestly like when you're on the ice it's like it's even like hard to hear the coaches let alone like the people in the stands so Personally, like I never like heard something from this from the stands like during a game. Um, you know, like you can tell like after the game, like if you beat a team and like you walk into the lobby, you can see like read the parents' expressions, whatever. But during a game I never really heard anything from the stands. Oh, okay. And I also wanted to touch base. I know you work with community relations. Mm-hmm. Did w- in your time with the Blackhawks, did you ever see like any like movement to diversify their fans? Um Yes. Um I think like the intention was there. 
obviously like you know the united center is like a big establishment on the west side of chicago which means you know chicago is plagued with like mental health crisis like gun violence etc i think they did what they could you know as you said before like hockey is like a very white male dominated sport and so i think you know with that being said like if you're not a black person let alone like a black man like there's only so much you can do and so they definitely had programs that were directed or kind of intertwined with chicago public schools i think they're aware of the situations going on in the kind of like neighborhoods even really across chicago and i think the intention was there but could could more be done absolutely um they definitely made a stride towards helping it do you think they had like a diversified your co-workers it really depends on like your definition of like diverse so i mean I think I worked in community relations and like my department was definitely diverse, but when you look at the organization as a whole, I wouldn't necessarily call it diverse. I think, you know, with DEI and, you know, just the time that we're in, like people are aware of what's going on. And I think they did what they could to hire the people that were right for the position, but at the end of the day, like we're still talking about a predominantly white male dominated industry organization. And so if you're comparing it to the whole NHL, was our organization diverse? Yes. But if you're talking about my personal experience, do I consider it diverse? Not really. I wanted to ask you, you've played hockey as a black mm-hmm. man. What mm-hmm. do you think people can do to like reach that minority or like any minority hockey based mm-hmm. yeah i mean like i think that's a very like there's no like one straightforward answer i think you know you look at like lebron james or like when i was growing up even lebron back then carmelo anthony Allen iverson like these players are like very flashy you know they have their shoes coming out um etc even with baseball it's like hard to get young african americans involved in the sport whether it's softball baseball because you know the superstars like the people they look up to they're not playing hockey they're not playing baseball and so even when i was with the black guys we had malcolm Subban, we had seth and caleb jones who were african american but it's like you could go to a school across the street from the United Center and the kids there couldn't name somebody that played on the team, which is that the Blackhawks fault? No, but could they do more? Probably. And so I don't know. I mean, I think one thing that I attempted to like stress while I was there is like realistically, you're not going to get these kids to play hockey off the bat. The first kind of initiative step you need to take towards that is like being a resource to the community. You know, when I was there, they had a back to school drive where they had backpacks filled with, you know, school supplies. And so 
people from the community came out and they like they realized they heard about all oh, the Blackhawks are doing this, like the black and so you just have to get your name out there. And so from there you can take it to we had a program called Goal, which I was pretty involved in. And we go to Chicago public schools, we teach them about floor hockey, kind of try and instill like the principles we had at the Blackhawks and just like have your make your presence known. And you know, you might affect one kid and he might get into hockey and then it's kind of like the trickle-down effect. I don't think there's like one thing they could do tomorrow that would make black men, women, minorities get into hockey. Oh, so what you meant kind of was like getting the like minority players out there, like their names Mm -hmm. out there Mm -hmm. to the community, right? Mm Mm-hmm. How would you do that? You know, just like with with any professional sport, I think, you know, it was hard because when we acquired these players, it was during the pandemic, so there wasn't really a lot of opportunity to have contact with these people, with anyone, really. But I think in terms of, like, you know, like school visits or um, hospital visits, et cetera, like, Granted, the player has to be comfortable with it as well. But, you know, just like having them like physically be out in the community and for these people to see them and like, no, wow, like this person actually plays for the Blackhawks. And like they're here in person talking to us, like being with us, interacting with us. I think that's definitely like the first step. And then further than that, I think it's up to like the player themselves to like, figure out what they can do. Like, you're going to start a foundation. Like, do you want to donate? Do you want to do more appearances, et cetera? Being a professional athlete, I think it's very, very time consuming because like you're, you're literally the best of the best. And like, you didn't just get there from like natural skill. Like it's a lot of work, hard work you have to put in. And so it's tough because even when you're in that position, like you still have like a regiment, you still have to practice, you still have to train, et cetera. And so it's a thin line between like how much time do you spend in the community? How much time do you spend like away from your team, like building that camaraderie? And so especially being like black at the top of the top, there's not a lot of room for you to like miss a workout or miss a team activity, et cetera, because you already have a target on your back. Definitely like having like a physical presence is something that would aid to that. Aside from that, I think it really comes down to like what really matters to them. Did you ever feel like a fish out of water, like surrounded by like white people? Or did you see some diversity? Obviously having your twin helped. Yeah, I mean... I went, so like I said, like I went to like a private white school. And so I was pretty accustomed to being surrounded by white people, you know, people that didn't look like me. And so I think I had that advantage because a lot of the Chicago public schools are majority black. And so so you could look at it as like a disadvantage where, you know, when I did get outside that bubble, People talked down on me. People looked at me differently because of the way I spoke, because of my education. But I think in some ways it was an advantage to me, like playing hockey, because like 
I was already like comfortable in the space. And so I think maybe like you take like Dennis, Dennis Rodman didn't start playing basketball until he was 15. If I had tried to start playing hockey when I was 15, it would have been like a very foreign environment. But for me, it was something I was used to. And because of like the coaching, the training, the skills clinics I had been to, like I was comfortable and like confident in like my ability. Whether or not, you know, it was predominantly white or whatever, like that, that was like on the back end of my mind. Like I was there to play hockey. I was there to do my best. And so... I think I had a little bit of an advantage in that sense where I was just concerned about winning the game. I wasn't really concerned about what the other players or my teammates looked like. Working hockey? General, Mm -hmm. did you ever feel like out of place? I mean, like on a large scale, yes. But when it comes down to it, a lot of people that work in professional sports grew up playing sports. And so like, I always, at least personally, I think like when you grow up playing sports, it like separates you from the people that did not grow up playing sports. Even working for the Blackhawks, even like growing up playing hockey, it's like a different environment. And so because I played hockey, you know, I would play on Wednesday mornings and I would hold my own. And so like I had that much more like respect from like the community that played hockey and worked in hockey. And so I think they were more inviting to me versus if I had just came into the, um, you know, the organization as someone who didn't play hockey, but just a person of color. I felt more like comfortable being in that position versus if I hadn't played hockey growing up. Was there no question that you were going to end up working in sports or how did that come about? My father is an attorney and uh, my mother used to be the budget director for the mayor of Chicago. And then she transitioned to be a, a college advisor. I think growing up, like any kid, like I wanted to be a firefighter. I wanted to be a, a police officer. I wanted to be a doctor, etc. But I think when I got to college is like when it really started to like focus in on, I majored in psychology and I really became interested in like how the mind works. And so I think that was always an advantage for me playing baseball, you know, baseball is the most mental game you can play. And so for me, I didn't care if the pitcher was throwing 60 miles an hour or a hundred miles an hour. Like I knew like mentally, like, I was going to beat this guy. Like I put in the work, I did more work. I was more prepared. And so I think that's when I really started focusing on sports. I wrote my thesis in sports psychology and I started looking for like job opportunities in sports psychology, not necessarily just anywhere in a sports organization. It's becoming a bigger field, but at the time, Sports psychology, there's a very small window to have a position in that. And so I ended up doing minor league video. And it wasn't really for me. I was in Arizona. It was hot every day. (laughs) It's like 117 degrees every day. And so I think that's part of the reason why I figured it wasn't really for me. Um, It was long hours. And so I ended up moving back home and I started working part-time for the Blackhawks, uh, like running the clinics, you know, teaching floor hockey, et cetera. 
And I think it really like gave me a purpose because I started to realize, you know, I was, I don't want to say an anomaly, but like I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to grow up playing hockey as a black man in Chicago at that. And so I felt like I really needed to like give back. Uh, it kind of just grew from there. After working part-time for a couple of years, I moved to be a marketing intern. I got to get a feel for like kind of what the different departments did. Um, and then I uh, ended up in community relations and I got to kind of, well, I mean, I still like ran the clinics and like, et cetera, but I got to kind of see the back end of it like the budgets and like the the overall plans for where the program's going to go. And I think that's what kind of like solidified my drive to want to be in sports because you can only do so much like not being in the program. Like you can advocate for people of color, minorities being in the sport. But like once you're actually inside the organization and, you know, you are a black person that played this sport, like your ideas and your experience is valued. So I think realizing that and realizing like if you're going to help people that look like you, you have to do it from the inside. That's kind of what drove me to stay um, in the position. Looking back, would you ever had Im imagined like starting with psychology and studying the mind that you would be where you are right now? No, um, I think, you know, like a lot of colleges, you know, you could take a year, maybe two years to declare your major. But the school I went to, I had to declare my major within like the first weeks, first four weeks being on campus. You're 17, 18, 19, whatever, you're a freshman, like you, you don't really know what you want to do. I knew I didn't want to be an attorney like my father. Like I knew I didn't want to be an engineer. And so it was pretty much between like business management and like psychology and like the school I went to was an engineering school. And so for me to take the, the psychology path, like a lot of people like looked down on it. A lot of people didn't really understand, but I feel like my whole life, like I had been like the outlier, I had been different and I was like comfortable in that. And so like, after like, you know, you take the gen psych course, which is like for everyone, et cetera, you have to make the decision, like, is this something that I'm actually interested in or do I want to change? Being in that position, being in that environment where I'm comfortable being, like, different, I'm comfortable not being the norm is what kind of, like, propelled me to keep going down that path. Thank you, Sam, for taking time out of your day to interview and letting me know more about your experience as a black man in hockey and what we do in this podcast which is delve into minorities in ice hockey and their stories what they've experienced and their opinions on how to make ice hockey more diversified thank you